We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Co-founder Brian Goins. How's it going? It's, we're, this we're is going, like man. the old days. This is basically what we started out doing when, what, 2014, 13? I, I was going to say, this is a throw. Well, our first pod ever, and I guess we're doing our second consecutive show of uh, MHB history, uh, was the the game after LeBron's game winner against Indiana. So that buzzer beater in the playoffs yeah. in game one of, oh, I think it was 2013, right? right? So yeah, this is a, this yeah, is a yeah. throwback. When they, when they won their, basically when they won their last title. <laughs> This is a throwback. Uh, Brian and I are across the state. Uh, we, you know, we we are at opposite ends of Florida. Well, I guess Brian's in the middle of Florida. I'm at the tip of Florida. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But we're here. We're bringing you. Siobhan's going to join us later. She's running a little late. And we're here to talk heat. We're here. To, there's, there's a stretch run, Brian. They have 10 games left in this season. <sighs> and, I, I, you know, I know that you've I just been... want to go to the fucking playoffs already. These regular season games. Holy shit, man. I mean, if they make it to the playoffs, by God. That's true. Like they, you know, and, and I think we've talked about this a lot on, on Hangover Time and we talked about it on the locker room session today, which, by the way, if you're not joining those, they're a lot of fun. We usually do them after game days. They're around 10 a.m. You download the locker room app. There's now an Android app. So if you go to Is locker there? room's Twitter page. Yeah, there's a there's an Android app now with a few of a um, couple heat Twitter folk join us from locker from from their Android app on, on the locker room. And it was a lot of fun. We talked to you know, talk to heat fans. We could just have a conversation about like how they feel about the team. It's like a super informal setting. So join us on those. And if you miss those because they're at a time that you can't make it and you want to listen back, uh, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Miami Heat Beat. And uh, you can find all the episodes there. 
Uh, sometimes we upload them to the main feed, but we just don't want to clutter it. I mean, we are uploading almost every day, <laughs> pretty much every day. So uh, we don't want to clutter it more. So we just kind of stuff that in the Patreon. So if you guys want a little bit extra, you can find it there. Also, shout out to our YouTube audience. Uh, I know we don't talk directly to y'all a lot, but I want to know that we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, like and subscribe. Our, our viewers are constantly outdoing our sub count which is funny. And a lot of it's the same people. So, you know, if you can help us out, hit that subscribe button. It really helps out our algorithm and our metrics so we can reach more people. Uh, and, and it really does make a difference. If you're on Twitch, hit that follow button. If you are so kind, shoot us a subscribe. If you uh, have Amazon Prime, you know, you get a, a free a free subscription uh, with Amazon Prime. So I'm oh. going to drop that link in chat. Oh, I was going to do it for you, but okay. There you go. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> we're, we're moving. We have synergized. So uh, give us a Prime sub. It's free. Amazon t Amazon picks up the tab and gives us a little money and that that helps us uh keep the lights on. So we appreciate and love y'all. Brian, yeah. Their stretch run here is um it's pretty easy. They have out of the teams that they're fighting for, them and the Celtics have the easiest schedule left. Uh the, the, in terms of strength of schedule. They play tomorrow against the Spurs, then they play Cleveland on Saturday, so they get two days of rest. Then they play a back-to-back -back against the Hornets on Sunday. It's going to be a big game. Uh, then you get two days rest, Mavericks. Then you get four days rest, or three days rest, Timberwolves. Then you get the Celtics. Then you get the Celtics again. So those two, and those, they're not, none of these are back-to-backs. So those two games against the Celtics are just mammoth because they're fighting for, you know, that, that fifth seed, presumably. Uh, and then you have the Sixers, the Bucks. And then you have the Pistons and the Sixers and the Bucks are likely going to be locked into their seating at that point. So they might not even play their starters. So, Brian, yeah, like, are you confident that they're going to get to five? Because like, I'm not even talking about four at this point. I'm like, can they get to five? They can do it. It's going to. Are you confident? Am though? I confident? I mean, I might have to put a percentage on it now. I'd say like 60 percent confident that they can get there. It, it really depends on. It really depends on them being able to shoot again. I think the defense will be all right. Um, I'm really concerned about like just the shooting again. Like they, it seemed like they, like the last pod I was on, I was raving about Tyler Hero coming alive, Trevor Reza, uh, obviously Duncan, and then all of a sudden, like we're we're kind of back to where we started, it, and it, it kind of happened because of the injuries. Obviously, like the last two games, we were without Tyler, um, still without Victor, and then. You know, a lot of the bench guys weren't even playing last night's game against the Bulls. So it's just, it's really unfortunate because I think the team looks more like itself when <clears throat> all the pieces are there. And when they're not, especially the bench unit, it, you kind of see where we struggle the most, which is on offense. Like, Gore, I couldn't even like beat Vucevic on a drop. That was that was the most that was like what concerning the hell? thing. Yeah, dude, that <laughs> shit was like I couldn't fucking believe what I was watching. Smith Smolding very appropriately says in chat is getting a root canal more fun than having to cover this team. <laughs> uh, Let yes. me tell you, Brian's yes. been absent. Brian, how, how you, you haven't been here? Did you like? <laughs> did you miss it or what? Like, uh, I miss you guys. I don't miss this team. I miss that's how I, I miss the twenty twenty Miami Heat. Is what I tweeted out last night. <laughs> I don't. You know what's funny that I didn't even believe in that team. I, I like legit did not. Oh yeah, believe no. In there's them. there's definitely pods. If you can go back to probably like February before the pandemic started. Yeah, there were pods where you were shitting on this team. 
Alf was so mad. Alf wasn't even at Miami Heat beat at the time. Alf was still at five reasons. And Alf was just like, I'm fucking sick of talk. Cause Alf, you know, we're all friends still. Like mm-hmm. Alf was like, I'm fucking sick of talking to you about this team. You're miserable. You don't, you just think they're bad. And and I remember Leif was sick of me too. Leif was still here. And he was like, he I mean, was we just were all out. sick of you because you were still a big Raptors fan. I think you're less of it now. I mean, I don't tweet about it because I got bullied. Well, you were off more of a Raptors fan then because obviously they're defending their title and you thought. I mean, they had a really good season last year. You know, they're second in the conference. And this year, they're obviously not going to make the playoffs. But I, I feel like there was a switch, especially during the bubble. Like, once they started playing those games, the you were honestly, been to me, you were honestly year. one of the better um, analysts just covering the team. Like, you were, you were on your A game. No, the Heat. Not for on the Heat. heat. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the playoff run was really fun. And this team that was, was like, awesome. It's time to cover the team. And I wish we could do that again this year. And I just... Look, I don't know what's gonna what's gonna take. Like, I'm hoping that they'll just magically turn on that switch, like they did in that Jazz game, because that's what they need in order to get get back to like the second round. I think even because their first round opponent, more than likely or not, is gonna be very tough. Like, it's right now. I think no. they're, they're well, gonna play if the they Sixers. get to five. No, if they get to they get five, to they five, get to play no. the Knicks, right? The Knicks or the Hawks? I imagine. I don't see think that. Then that makes me a little better. That makes me feel a little better because I'd rather play them and play Milwaukee in the first round. I don't like chat being nice to me. Zach 33 says Jesus the best heat podcast host. It's just not true. It's absolutely I think not it's true. true. Yeah, Ramil's really good. Ethan's good when Leif hosts and Alex. I'm I'm like that's absolutely not true. Get 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 that. Get out of here. Dan Healy's really good. Like, fuck that. And chat, you're you're you should be mean to me. That's that's the point. Like, you know, Twitch streamers, they their chat bullies them and they bully them. This is not the exchange. We need uh somebody says we need G to host the post-game show. Uh no, that's Alf's baby. Alf will never let me near that. G needs uh, when, a life. When, he can't do all these shows by himself. You know, last week, Brian, and I didn't have a life. I was doing every fucking show on this podcast because yeah. I was a I was dead. Let me tell you, by Friday, when I got my vaccine shot, my second shot, I was like, I, I'm dying. I can't. I was like, I, Wait, I, I need a couple you on that days. Pod? I was on. on oh, you were Friday, on the pregame I was show, not. I think. No, I was weren't. on the pre. I was. No, I, on Friday, I wasn't on. Okay. I, I asked for the day off. How, by the way, how, like, how high did your fever end up going? You said it was like 104. I was 104.2. Something? I was 104.2 for how long? fever. I was like probably like an hour. I, I watched the movie and I kind of felt bad and I I, I was that, feeling like that concerns me. But I, I was fine after. Like it was like very brief. I didn't have a good reaction to the first first dose either. Like I remember feeling like shit That's after the good. first dose, and I was like, technically, well, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I feel like technically the bigger response you get, the more immunity you get. But my mom, my mom was like fine. My grandparents were fine. Like everybody in my family was like fine. I'm the only one that fucking fell over on their back after your vaccine <laughs> dose but yeah the, the, i had a i had a my fever was higher than the heat offensive rating i saw you too that was funny yeah I mean, it's not even a joke it's true They're like offense sucks um so there you know and like brian i kind of like what you said about last season because like how fun it was we for, like sports are like this community thing mm-hmm. and because we were like still on lockdown like we were not like really like not like there are like people like legitimately like back integrated into society there weren't Right. And I would I remember I would go for a drive. So, you know, I, I had a friend here that also did like her and I didn't go anywhere. Like we were the he was the only other person I know that like legit didn't go anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, I still don't. Well, I mean, now I, I go to work on a job site. Like I don't like I don't socialize. Right. Like yeah. I do my job and I come home and she she was the same. She would just stay home and we would go on drives and we would like do shit like away from people. And I remember driving, seeing a bus like that said, oh, congratulations to the heat making the NBA finals. And I was like, huh. That's true. That that's a thing, and I I just don't feel that was the only time I really felt people in the city giving a shit. But it's probably because like well, we weren't like 
out. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't enjoy it as a community. I mean, you didn't get we neither of us to get a chance to go, but when they did make the finals, they had like a little bit of that, you know, that celebration that they always have on on H Street, banging pots and pans. And that was something that was fun to see. Obviously, it's something that this this team or this city as as a whole hasn't experienced in sports in quite a while. It's just, I don't know. It feels, and then like this team right now, they feel so disconnected. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like nobody gives a shit about them. Like, people have been so quick to just talk about the Marlins. Chef Trilly, one of our own, one of the best doing it, is like, mm, this jazz kid is like the, the king of South oh, Florida right I now. I fucking like, love him though. No, he's awesome though. Seriously, you like, need to give him a shot. Like, he's. He's I feel like fun. what happened here? I thought we were I thought we were a heat town. I thought I thought it was hashtag basketball town. I thought we had guts. Listen, as soon as they win like their first two playoff games, we'll be back. Cocky heat. Which is funny. We'll be back. Brian, like if if they get the five seed and they get like the Knicks with the Oh, Hawks, they beat the fucking Knicks. Let's put up a banner now. Blood we gotta put up like, a banner. If they I would, beat, I wait, 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 be, hold on. If they beat the Knicks in the first round, if they somehow play the, the Sixers in the second round, beat both of them, just put up a fucking championship banner already. Who? For the Heat? For the Heat. No, fuck that. We're not we're not the Knicks. Like the Knicks. No, no, see, those are like the two fan bases I want to beat the most of anybody. The Sixers. Well, that and, the, and the Lakers, too. I want to the, the Sixers. Lakers. I really want to be the Sixers. That's like the I mean the Knicks are whatever. That that's small. I, I really I'll take a lot of joy in beating the Sixers. Um but Brown, I kind of want to go through some of my concerns with the team for you because I've said a little bit of this on on Hangover Time and on the locker rooms and on Twitter. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't really voiced it on the pod yet. And on Sunday, I was thinking, I was like, "How do I feel about this team?" And this was after Saturday when they had that win that didn't feel like a win. Yeah, and I was like, "They've had a lot of those. Like this team has a lot of those games where I feel like they, you know, they won, but you know, I I don't feel good about it." Well, they had what, like, two. They had two twenty-point wins, and then now they, they're 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 back to where they were. So, so the last part I was on, that was basically that point where they won two straight by like twenty yeah. points. They haven't had that. They, that was like the only time they've had it this year. So yeah, so, they're back to where they were before. And chat, I want you to fill me in if I'm missing any 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 kind of moments. The only times I felt like they're legitimately special was when they beat Utah. Yeah. Utah playing their best. When they went into L.A. and beat the Lakers, and I know Anthony Davis didn't play, but that still felt like a big win. Mm-hmm. It was the first rematch that was LeBron at his at his full MVP status powers, right? I think that was the first or second game that AD missed, and they were they were still at top of the West. Um, that Blazer game, I don't know if I felt like confident about them, but I thought maybe that might be a turning point. And that game against the Bucks, where when they lost by like 30 or 40 points or whatever the fuck that was, they came back and they fucking beat the living shit out of them, especially in that second half. And Goran specifically, that was without Jimmy, right? So like those are the times that I'm like, this team, I think that there's something there that reminds me of the team that made the final. And everything else has been total shit. They've been a lot of those games against the Wizards. Remember that one before like they went, Everybody got COVID, mm-hmm. but they won. And, and Alf was saying on, on Hangover Time, it's like, that didn't feel like a win. Uh, shout out to Alf in chat. He's saying uh, classic MHB, Brian's time to shine. It, is, it has been Brian's time oh, to I shine. I still have the imaging somewhere. Okay, we, 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 we can go through that later. Um, I, don't, I don't have anything prepared, but I can, I, can, I don't know. <laughs> we'll wing it. We'll wing but, it. Uh, do you agree with me? Like, is, there, are there, is there anything else like that I'm missing? Because like those are really the only times that no, I felt but like I, this I, team's good. I, I think to your point, like those are the teams that at the time were... 
you know, towards the top of their con- like those are good teams. Like those are teams that people were assuming could be title contenders before the season started, and even more now. I think like the Bucks look great. I think they have a good shot at making it out of the East, uh, as well as obviously like the Nets and and the Sixers are probably the top three teams right now that I would pick before Miami. Um, and then you would obviously put the Lakers up there as soon as LeBron and AD come back. Like they're going to be good in the playoffs. I, I would assume that they'll probably make it back to the Western Conference Finals themselves. Alf's right in chat he says depot's last game started out making you feel like they could be yeah no that, even that that true. warriors game looked yeah. great um so yeah like it to me like those three teams that they beat that we felt like were great victories those were against good teams and there's something that this team has always like struggled through the years <laughs> it's it's always spoke teams like they always play up to their competition and i feel like in the playoffs like that's something we could probably see again now could they do it for a whole series i don't know but they could definitely do it for a string of games like uh, so uh sager in chat says i feel like this team is just not having the same fun that they had last year and i i've thought about this a lot and i i don't like to like attribute like having fun equates to winning but i kind of feel like alf and alf saying in chat you know they're exhausted and i think that that's a, a big part of this like the celtics the heat the nuggets the lakers they all had deep runs they've all been really injured teams i, I don't need atlanta twitter coming into my mentions about how they're how injured they are like this is a condensed season that sucks and like this this is such bullshit the heat have had like the third most lost games to covid and, and they've all been rotational guys yep. right even Casey Ocpala was playing and then they lost them and then you see how thin on the wing they are when Andre sits right like when Andre doesn't play they don't have anybody and as a result they had to overplay Andre and now Andre's hurt and now when he's missing when they need wins they don't have him so this season has like totally fucked everything up and they just they don't have that extra juice that they had last season. Another thing they, that- they did for for probably about a week and a half when we were doing that whole gym gym VP. Yeah, but those run. teams sucked, Brian. That was they be they were beating like I mean, the Cavs. I mean, you and saw the like Bulls. Jimmy like dance on the floor during that Knicks win. There was like there was a couple moments out there. They were celebrating. Obviously, like Bam was obviously doing those photo bomb or video bombs, whatever, and during the post game press. A lot of bad teams. They, there, man. they had. They had a stretch where they look like their old selves, and that was when Jimmy go came back. That. Obviously, now they look they look like they did before Jimmy got back, and now Jimmy's here, and there's nobody else that can really save them besides Goran or Victor Oladipo just coming back and lighting it up. I'm gonna go through that stretch that you're talking about. That's like the 11 and one stretch or whatever. They beat Sacramento, Los Angeles, Oklahoma City, Toronto, Utah. That one's good. They beat Atlanta, then they lost to Atlanta without Jimmy. Then they beat New Orleans, they beat Orlando, they beat Chicago, they beat Orlando, they beat Cleveland. Those teams suck. And then they lost to Memphis, Indiana, Indiana, Phoenix, Portland, Charlotte. Most of those are like decent to good teams. Like, that's who they are. They they beat these dog shit teams, and then when they have to play Phoenix or Memphis or, or anybody kind of good... You know, they lose. Well, they're, right? now they're losing to the dog shit teams again. That's the thing. Like, they, they lost to the Because well, they're broken. They're tired. Everyone's hurt. Yesterday they had, when you know, when Duncan got the shits, they didn't have anybody. They had no shooting. They shot like 20% for the game. And that's where the reason is shooting like four for 10 or some shit. Uh, it's fool's gold. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what Brass said on Hangover Time, <laughs> that it's fool's gold. Brass is right. Brass was right. Holy shit, Brass was right. So... That to me, I'm just like they have not put together like a legit impressive stretch against good teams. No, but that would be like the closest that we've seen out of all the season. So I guess my question would be to you: There's ten games left. 
what do you predict that they'll finish with these last 10 games? It's hard because I don't e- I don't know who they are. Right. And I guess we could I mean, say if like you had well, a pick if you had a pick, they're about like, a 500 team. OK, which of those games do you think five they have a really good shot of winning? I'm assuming the Cleveland and the Spurs games, these next two games, they have a good shot of winning. Yeah, I mean, the Charlotte game, they're hurt, right? But that's the second night of a back-to-back. But and they're they really always thin. lose to Charlotte, though. Like, for some reason, Malik Munch's skills on, just goes on a tear. At Charlotte, too. They suck in that building. Um, the Dallas game, Dallas is going to be fighting for their lives. And Minnesota Charlotte's still game. fighting for playoff seed, too. So you're going to get I'm, a good Charlotte team that game. I'm pretty confident in that Minnesota game. I just don't think they're going to lose again. That's just too embarrassing for them. That, that's a pride thing. Um, I, I imagine they... I mean, they have two games at Boston. <sighs> I imagine they split. If they can take both, that's like legitimate. If they take both, that's for sure. That gives them a very good shot of finishing fifth. By the way, fuck Adam Silver for scheduling a huge game for one o'clock on Mother's Day. Fuck you, Adam Silver. (laughs) Some of us have families. You know what I mean? Like, what? Fuck you. Like, like in content creation, I was just like, God, I was like, oh, my God, that's horrible. I fucking hate that. Um, I think probably that Detroit game's a win, and then one of those Philly Milwaukee. I, I, okay, yeah, the Detroit weird. game for sure is a win. It has to like, be. If they don't win that game, then that's like they're the team, Brian. That you know they they lost to Minnesota when we all thought that that was a for sure win. Like we don't know who they well, are. I thought they were gonna win last night too, and yeah, they can win all these games. They are capable of it, and they could go four and six. Like we don't, you know, we don't know who they are. Their defense was so good. It's been about 15th since Oladipo went down. Now, I think that's a direct result of playing Kendrick Nunn more minutes because, you know, I mean, it's not just gonna it's happen. not just Kendrick, man. It's the whole no, team. No, it's it's not just Kendrick, but I do think that it's not coincidence that the second Oladipo's went down and they started Kendrick Nunn, their yeah, defense Victor's went from definitely six, a better defender. Six and to fifteenth. And they're both about equal offensive players at this point. I feel like um, eh, I don't know about that. I, I like Kendrick. He's been all right, but like he's better off the bench in my opinion. Like if he's your starter, starting point guard, yeah, he can't start. For you. It's not the worst thing that could happen to this team, but honestly, I would rather have Goran start in the playoffs with Victor if we can. Oh, I, I don't think Goran has anything. I, but that's the thing. That game. Uh, we're not going to get yeah, that Goran. I'm sure. But Goran's if we could get the Goran that we saw in the playoffs last year, that would be a great lineup. That that guy's not walking through that door. What I saw yesterday against Chicago when they got the matchup they wanted. They got Goran Dragic with with Nikola Vucevic on him in space. And Goran took a hard dribble into the paint and could not beat him. Was not confident. Because like at that point, he's sagging off of him. So yeah. Goran also not confident in the pull-up either. So could not beat him, was not confident in the pull-up, and threw up a wild flip shot. And that was like, oh, wow. They're like, done, done. Like, he's done, done. I just think he needs more rest. I think, honestly, <laughs> with a traditional offseason, he has time to actually rehab. I'm sure he'd be all right. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying he'll be back to where he was in the playoffs. This season, he's cooked. But it, this, this is almost reminding us what he looked like two years before he had that great stretch last year. Because he was pretty uh, dog shit off when he was hurt two years no. ago. Two years ago, yeah, but... So it, it, I mean, we know what what Goran looks when he's was. healthy. When he's hurt, this is what he this is what he is. And there's no time for him to really get healed right now. They're not going to be able to sit him. They need him. They're they're really thin at guard right now, just because everybody's been in and out of the lineups. And shit, I don't even know if Tyler's even healthy. It seems like he's not. Like I, I thought maybe he had like a minor injury, but it, it seems like it could be more. 
So something that I think is interesting with Dragic is, so he shot at the rim in 2018, 63%, then it plummeted to 57%. And you're just like, okay, the decline's here, right? And then last season, he went back up to almost 70% finishing. And now he's back to 61%. See, and and what, what was the difference? He was healthy last year. Um, yeah, I mean... I mean, obviously, his, he, had, he had to lay off, too. That helps. Like, all of that helps. Like, there was a lot of factors that went into the heat going that far last year. And the, none of those factors are really going to be in play this year. And, and one of the biggest things is, like, obviously, they had neutral court. They're not going to have home court advantage in any round. Yeah, Chat's Chats like saying like retirement like may be an option. Next year. I don't think he'll retire. He'll. I, I just think the idea he got his payday, but now, I don't think like, he's a starting point guard anymore. Goran got to play ball because like they like they gave him the favor. Yeah. Um. And, and honestly, this is why you know the argument is that guys need to take their multi year deals because you don't know what's going to change from one year to the next, right? Yeah. And, and Goran got his bag, but you know he probably left money on the table because if, if he had taken a longer term deal. You know, he probably would have secured a little more. Schmidt yeah, also but says I mean, Warren. at this point of his career, I don't think it's really about money. I think it's more about him, you know, liking where, like the situation is in. Yeah, money, money's always nice. Family, family is also a really big part of it, they, too. They literally traded him in the offseason. They, they legit, <laughs> like family, they literally traded him. And then Mark Cuban's like, ah, take backs. So, honestly, oof. have we made that trade? Like, let's, 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 let's play devil's advocate. Have they made that trade? Do you think they would have went for Chris Ball? Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I, it, all reports would indicate that they weren't like particularly in on, and and that's not fair too because like remember like they they were really married to the idea of cap space, so I don't think they were going to go for it. And we can sit here and play like you know uh, after the well, fact. The, I'm know. only saying this because I know for sure they would have had a first round pick back because that whole deal basically didn't include the first round pick they ended up giving to the Clippers because they had to unload Harkless. Yeah, so they would have had some it's, assets that they could use to go after somebody. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they had to be Chris Paul, but obviously he was like the most obvious person at the time that they could have gone after and now and if you traded Dragic, you're definitely in need of a point guard i i love this person's name doe glizzy in chat says do you think jimmy will start looking at the knicks if we suck next year absolutely not fuck out of here <laughs> what are they gonna do at best lose at, at best losing the second round fuck out of here i'm celebrating that shit i haven't been to a conference finals Look, that since. seems nice but i don't think they're going anywhere in the playoffs and by the way, like Randall went from shooting 14% on pull-up threes to 41% on pull-up threes. I, I would like to see what that looks next year. And in the playoffs for that matter. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> I like to see RJ Barrett actually like perform in the playoffs. He's been pretty good. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, question marks on that team. I mean, again, we say this, you know, watching the Heat, you know, totally stink it oh, up no, from I night to I night. I, right now, I'm like, I want to believe, like I really do. I just... I got to see some more like confidence in his team. Just, just with these next few games, like they, they look like a team that doesn't believe in themselves right now. That's what's concerning. Uh, do you believe in them? Cause I don't <laughs> think it's earned. I, I was like a week ago. I felt like they were turning a corner and that they, they, I just keep a, thinking they're turning a, a corner. Coaster, man. Like I stopped thinking they're turning a corner. Uh, Schmidt and Smolnik in chat says, remember when most of he Twitter wanted quickly over precious. Yeah, we got that one, right? Listen, uh, that's, that's, I mean, how much better would he have been on this? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Team now, that's the thing. Like Tyrese would have been nice. He would have been nice. They needed, but they, but, they, needed but they, they need a guard. But they need somebody better than those guys. They need... They need a really good veteran guard. No, they would have needed a, a guard to eat minutes so that Goran okay, doesn't look like... Okay, but I feel like, like a veteran guard would be would make more sense on his team than well, another they, they got They got Bradley, but that dude couldn't stay healthy. Well, he was, he in, was good when he played. He was, but he was always hurt. And that's his yeah. MO. And that's what Jack always says. Uh, which I, I always hate that argument, but I mean, he was right. I mean, you're, you have to be available and he's never available. Kyle would have been nice. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball player strikes out when the bases are loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping, and the whole process is discreet and straightforward. Get Getting started is simple. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete the online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 to get $15 off your first month. Look, that's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get to roman.com slash heatbeat21. Go get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Uh, I want to read to you the stat, Brian, because to me, I think this is one of the most telling things of the season. Uh, the Heat, when Jimmy Butler is sitting on the bench, they're minus six net rating. When he plays, they're plus five net rating. Last season, they were plus five net rating when he played and minus 0.3 when he sat. Ouch. They were surviving yeah. when he was on the bench. And this season, they're getting blasted by more than he produces. That's not good. And he can't. He's always playing catch-up, right? Yesterday was a good example. I tweeted it. I go, the Heat have a six-point lead and Butler went to the bench. What is this going to look like when he comes back in? And they they were I think it was a two or three point lead at that point and and and, and they were they were holding on by the skin of their teeth. That's kind of the season right there. Like they can't function without him. Part of that is Dragic has no zip. He has he can't run an offense anymore. Tyler has just disappeared as like an elite shooter. And His playmaking hasn't been that better either. Like he can't yeah he can't get separation off the dribble without a screen. That's he a giant can't. concern. 
his passing hasn't taken a leap in the way that I think you kind of hope. His passing uh, was better in the bubble. That's for sure. Um, I, the spacing was also better, so I'll give him he that. He had but way like, less I, turnovers. He had way less. I mean, but the Lakers series, remove that. He he did perform a lot better in terms of playmaking. That's fair. And, and like just his turnover efficiency. I think that's mostly there, though. For me, what I'm concerned is like, he'll run little two-man game with Bam on the side and he'll miss windows for that pocket pass. And that is like the thing that he'll... And, and I love when they show the replay on those plays because he misses it like a second late and the league is quick. Mm-hmm. And when you miss those, when that when that second guy comes and you miss that window, it's done. Because at that point, you don't flow into that pass. Now you got to reset and run something else. Yep. And that just kills your momentum and you have no time left on the clock. So... He'll work on that. I have no doubt. I mean, he's he's not as bad as like we think. He's like about a thirty five percent three point shooter this year. He's really gotten that number up. It yeah. was like in the twenties. That's on volume too, so it's not like terrible. But he was a better shooter in college, and he was a better shooter last year. That's the only thing. Like he, oh, his, for sure. His reputation entering the draft was being an elite shooter, and the thirty five percent, even on that volume, is still average. He's he's shooting almost fifty percent from two which is encouraging, uh, 15 points a game. His finishing is not horrible, you know, considering his size and his limitations. Uh, so, you know, there's there's stuff there. He's, what, what is he it's, shooting? It's the defensive end, too. That, that's his offensive firepower output, whatever you want to call it. It's not, it's not balancing out what he's contributing on the defense. No, no, end. of course not. Of course not. Unlike they need year. him. I, I think they probably more, they're more likely to get something out of him more than Dragic in the playoffs, yeah, yeah, because Dragic, Dragic looks, looks cooked, right? Like you need Tyler, and like the thing with with Kendrick is this is as good as Kendrick gets, right? Elite spot up guy, yeah, pull up artist, not gonna give you much playmaking, not gonna give you much rim pressure. He is a good open court player, yeah. and I do think that he gives that little bit of explosiveness to their full court stuff, and he does run the floor really, really well. He really gets behind the defense. He's a quick, quick guy. Um, but, you know, in their half-court offense, other than a spot-up shooter and a guy that will kind of navigate screens and then, and then take a pull-up, is not that's like really his value on offense. And that's really helpful. And there are certain matchups that that is going to be critical. They, and as you saw against the Lakers. They needed that last year in the playoffs. They needed another guard like him off the bench. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, to, to, to credit him, I mean, when he came in the Lakers season where the Lakers play a drop, you know, he was playing really well. Right uh, against the Celtics when they switch a lot, he was not because that's going to be hard for him. He's a small guard that can't yeah. get to the. And then the Bucks series too, he didn't really play that. He much. wasn't really playing, but that—that uh, that is just like the dude didn't play forever, and yeah, uh, but, I mean that, that's kind of yeah, and COVID, COVID, all that stuff, factoring in, yeah. Tyler, at his high end, can at least he can get to more spots on the floor a lot easier. He has a little bit more in the bag offensively. He can get to the rim a little bit better. He is a much better finisher. He has kind of a couple moves at the rim. He's a he's a bit of a better playmaker even though we just kind of slandered his playmaking. Look, he's not a bad playmaker. He's just he's not showing what he was showing. Like he was showing a lot of promise and like it, oh, agreed, it basically totally. was like new skills that he wasn't showing before the bubble last year. And I, I you would figure that he could build off of that entering this season and we don't feel like he's improved much on that end is what i feel like he's and like they just that's the thing like a lot of this team has regressed they haven't really gotten better outside of bam maybe i think tyler's gotten gotten better better. like jimmy's jimmy's been more efficient this year than he was last year in the regular season 
Duncan, I feel so, like, has expanded his game a bit, but even then, like, Duncan was still a better shooter last year than he is this year. I think Tyler's improved in some areas, but not the ones you need most. Yeah. No, the, I think the, he's the ones that this team really needs, yeah. His in-between game is a lot better. I, I, we can, his finishing is better, and his in, his in-between game is a lot better. And I think once he puts the, the shooting on top, uh, he's, it's going to look a lot different. Because that, that's really important for him. Because mm-hmm. I think he really needs to leverage that threat of a jump shot to really create space. And if he doesn't have that, he's not athletic enough to get there. And that, that's just it. And none, unfortunately, just doesn't have the handle that Tyler does and doesn't have kind of that kind of slithery kind of knack for, for moving around, pick and roll, and, and kind of working the angles. Uh, but they, they're both good at and, different and, things. But none well, has been... I, I want to give credit to none. He's been really, really good for them. And, and to another point, like, they trust Tyler more in the fourth quarter. So, like, in terms of closing games, they need Tyler Not anymore, more. though. None's gotten the last couple. I know, but... When Tyler's back, he's couple. healthy. We're going to see more Tyler closing. Um, there's yeah, a couple questions the, in the chat I want to get to. Let's go. What do we got? So first question is, well, Wander looking forward to Kyle Jimmy Band next season. Uh, I am too. Did you listen to this interview that Jimmy had on his podcast uh, that came out today? I can't remember the name of the podcast, but uh, he basically was talking about how Kyle Lowry is. Um, he has a daughter now, Jimmy. Obviously, we know he, he, um, he's a dad. Apparently, Kyle Lowry is that daughter's godfather. I actually have the audio for that. You uh, do? I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I, I, can, I can play that for you guys. Uh, it's something that I thought was funny, uh, and I was happy about it because, you know, we all know that I'm the, uh, I'm the Kyle Lowry guy, so I'll, I'll, let's, play, let's play that sound. So this is from, um, what podcast is this? This is from the Kane, the Artist and Athlete podcast. Your favorite person to go against? Probably Kyle Lowry. Just because like he's one of my absolute best friends, he's the godfather of my daughter, and it's just like as competitive as it is, we're always laughing, we're always you know joking around. I would say something else, but then the NBA gonna look at this and be like, "Oh my God, he's tampering." So I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> so uh, listen, Dwayne Wade was a recruiter. Jimmy following in those illustrious footsteps. Kyle has been, um, Kyle's been a very, uh, he's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say he's mailing it in, but he's not, uh, there's a lack of urgency, I will say right now for him watching him play. I've watched him play a bit and I watch a lot of Raptors games and, uh, you kind of tell that, you know, he's in cruise control. Sometimes he's not, but you know, he's, he's cruising, he's cruising. So I still think he's really good. He can help their team a lot. I I don't want to talk too much about the, I do, I do, Brian, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Uh, because I do think it's important and, and he's obviously going to be a target for them. But as it, as it pertains to their current season, like they're kind of stuck with what they got. I know. Right? I know. But obviously Chad's still having fun because obviously that ties into this next question from Jedex Phil. And he says, is Lowry being Godfather Jimmy's child confirmed Lowry to Miami? And I say yes. All right. Next question. Um, they're asking. They're asking. Is it possible to bring Who's back asking? Duncan? Who's asking? Who's asking? There, uh, I just skipped it. Hold on, I need to go back. We got it. We got to give love. We got to give love to our chat. We got to give love. All right, yeah, Sager. Ooh, that's a tough one. Sager. Yeah, Sager. Sager, yeah, Sager. Vela Laugh Eleven asks, "Can we retain Duncan and Depot and then sign Lowry? Can it be done? Yes. Is it hard to do under the cap? Yes. It probably would prior sign a trade for Lowry's contract. They can't do Depot. Depot's. They would have to like bring. They, they could. They would have to renounce Depot. 
Yeah, I think we'd have to come back. For have him try to sign to uh, obviously his his cap holds way greater than the contract he's going to end up signing next year. I don't think they could fit Lowry into the cap space unless he takes a massive discount. So I that's why my next thing is either he takes no they'll have the cap they, space they can have some cap space. I don't know if they'll no, have they'll, they'll have more than twenty five million for sure. But that's the thing: how much of it are you going to be able to split up between Victor and Lowry? Will they both take well, twelve and a half each. Will one so take fifteen? If, one take ten? If you renounce Depot. You take Lowry in with the twenty five. You re-sign Duncan with bird rights. Yeah, right? Duncan. Duncan for sure is coming back no matter what. And you give Depot an MLE or something, and that's, that's how you. So that's, that's, how, that's my how next you thing. Do it. You could do that, or you can also do a sign trade if you want to give him a little bit more. But you still have to stay under Lowry? under the hard cap. Well, Lowry. I mean, for for Kyle, the thing was um, twenty five million. Oh, you're saying give Depot a little more. Yeah, we give deep of the one year, uh, and, then I, he, I, and then you bring in Kyle as a sign. Trade. I don't. I don't know if they'd want to. I I thought uh, Ethan. From five reasons, said something interesting on Twitter today, and somebody asked him about like Depot. When is Depot going to come back? And it was something to the effect of, "That's that's his decision, right?" Yep. Which kind of it, it it. And I know that there's been insinuated that it's some sort of pain tolerance thing. So I don't. I, I the Heat have historically not liked guys that don't have a lot of pain tolerance. So I don't really know how they feel about this right now. <laughs> Honestly, if I had to put. Money on it, I think they would definitely rather sign Lowry to a one or two year deal than give Oladipo a four year deal. I think so too. I so, think they'd rather give Lowry. And, a and I mean, if you give Lowry a two year deal, that expires when Jimmy's contract expires. And I mm-hmm. think that that's us. That's uh, you know, you're halfway through Bam's contract. You know, you'll know a lot more about Jimmy. And I think when if you have those two big contracts off your books at that time. You know, it's a way to do a reset. It's a way to figure things out. I, I I like it for them. I think it makes sense. That was one of my big things with Harrison Barnes. That was like Harry Harrison Barnes' contract expires when Jimmy's does. So you know, you're you're pretty much committing money up until your max guy expires, and then you can make the decisions on how you feel about your team. You're not you know you're you're not over committing. So I, I like that for them. The only thing I like about bringing back Oladipo is that's that's a sizable contract that you could trade. And look, as much as I know Oladipo's injury history and and all that stuff, like he's been traded for a lot of trade like star packages, like for star players. Like he's he's been a piece that has been moved around a lot for the bigger star. So I don't mind bringing him back. Just can't be on a super big contract like he's probably going to want. But I don't think he's going to be able to get it on the open market, not next year at least. Uh, another question in chat is asking, do you think um, the Miami Heat were forcing Tyler to close games to see what they had in him? Kind of like what they did with Josh Richardson before they had traded him. And that's from Zach yeah. underscore 33. No, I think Spose just historically liked extra ball handling on the court. And that's just kind of how he's always been. Well, I think also has to do with Tyler's like just his 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 attitude on the court, like especially in, in the end of games, like he has <laughs> he has that closer mentality. Like he's. He's shown it in the playoffs. He's shown it in college. Like he, he doesn't. He's not afraid to take the shot at the end of games. So they need players like that at the end of games to, to give them relief baskets when they need them. And that's what this team has basically missed all year. They haven't had those relief baskets like they have in Goron in the playoffs. Like when Jimmy and Bam were sitting, they had somebody that came in to give them some relief baskets. They haven't really had much of that this year. Deadman has done that a little bit, but I mean, a lot of that's like offensive rebound nonsense. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I think Deadman's great. Oh, Deadman's been a great them. backup center. I love to bring him back. Oh, for sure. I mean, that might, 
That, that seems like classic. Someone's going to overpay him and then he's going to be bad again. I, that, I've seen this story with Dwayne Dedman before. Uh, he's really good. Though. I, I hope, I hope he stays. I, I really do. I, he's, he's been, he's been good. And, and the memes that we've, Listen, Dwayne Dedman has been a content machine for Miami Heat beat. He better not leave. <laughs> I, uh, I like Brass's question. Yeah, Brass is as- asking, is Pat Riley gonna fail Jimmy Butler again? I think he I think he very I think he hasn't. He got him depot and he got him dead man. Dead man walking. And I you can't complain. That's a great and fucking Trevor Reza. They traded yeah. a fucking racist I, I dude. I think Pat did all, a second round pick. Pat did way Olenek. more than he, he probably could have this year trying to bring pieces to fix this team. It's not his the fault that these players are getting trade. fucking hurt. That's not his fault. And COVID. And COVID. And, and honestly, it's more on the players than anybody else. They're they're the ones that are not performing to what they had, you know, last year. They're not shooting the way they shot last year. And the heat added. And uh, that makes it hard on Spoke because he doesn't know who to fucking trust anymore in these rotations. Can, I, can we close the show with that? Because I've seen a lot of people. Ariza's comments at the end of the game fucking piss me off. When he's like talking about we're predictable and we're this. Of course he, they he, are. He has to fucking dumb the fucking offense now because nobody can shoot. Their motion offense is barely double. a motion offense anymore. They're just swinging around the three-point line and then just jacking up threes. Nobody can drive and kick anymore besides Jimmy. Like literally, like how, what do they like? People complain about the dribble handoffs, and I was like, okay, I understand. And by the way, they do far less dribble handoffs than they did in January. The dribble handoffs have gone down every single month. So if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna create, because what a dribble handoff does, you do a couple things. You isolate actions. So when Bam and Duncan run a dribble handoff, who's involved in that play is a big and Duncan's man. Because what they'll do is they'll clear out that side or they'll have a guy like Ariza standing in that far corner because they'll run this at the top of the wing. And your defense, nobody's going to help off that. What are you going to do? Because Duncan's not going to drive. Sometimes he does. But for the most part, he's not going to drive. And you're not going to send a double from the side on that shooter because he's just going to jack that up. So unless you're splitting that difference, and and then that's bad because you're leaving a guy in the corner wide open and you're just going to hit that swing pass. So a dribble handoff really isolates an offensive set. And what it does is it really masks limitations because Duncan can't dribble, right? So Duncan can't run, pick, and roll. So what he does is he uses a handoff to reset and to move so he doesn't have to dribble. And that's how they were running offense for a long time with Wayne Ellington with him because they just did not have enough dudes to get into the the defense. It's not worked because teams switch it, and it's tough because when you switch that action and Bam's not this elite post player like Jokic, right? Because when the the Nuggets run dribble handoff, nobody, nobody complains about that. Right, because they have a big who can punish dudes in the post, and when a guy flies off that dribble handoff, he can go to the rim. Right, so Michael Porter or when um when Jamal Murray run that two man game with Jokic, they're a threat to Jokic is a a threat to pop and shoot, and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter are a threat to get to the rim and the basket get fouled, create help, all that stuff. Right, so to understand like what Miami's limitations are, you need to be like. They don't have dudes that can come off that handoff or that can come off a pick and get to the defense. So when you don't have that element of getting from up to the top of the key into the paint, you got to be like, well, how can we score? Well, the Heat, what they've done is they goof side to side. They go east-west and they run a bunch of cross screens and they run a bunch of handoffs and they run a bunch of pin downs because these dudes can't dribble. So what they do is they fly off motion and they get the ball in spots that they think that they can be effective. And when dudes don't hit shots and nobody can dribble into the paint, what the fuck can you do? And when you're injured because they don't have any guards, right? And it's poor Gabe Vincent, who's a G-leaguer, right? Who tries really hard on defense. But, you know, what can you do? 
And then when you get the opportunity to get to the rim, Goran can't beat Nick Vucevic and drop. And then it, again, all relies on Jimmy do something. And what, what teams do? They just fucking pack the paint. And that's why Jimmy was taking a million pull-ups yesterday. So I don't really see what complaints you can, because he they've tried stuff. They've tried stuff on offense. They've done a lot more pick and roll. They've incorporated a lot more horns into their offense where you have kind of two guys screening up top for the ball handler. One guy pops, another guy rolls. They've used Jimmy as a screener there, which has been really effective. They clear out one side. Jimmy will come set that left screen. He'll kind of roll, come come up, slip, roll. They've tried stuff in the offense. Jimmy's been a screener tons. They have Jimmy off the ball. They're doing a lot of Jimmy in the post, kick out to Bam. They're doing a lot of Jimmy, Bam, high, low in, in the elbow. They've done a lot of different stuff, but you're ultimately limited and capped by their lack of kind of downhill rim presence. And, and the and lack of shooting from the perimeter. Like if, exactly. if they're not making their shots, there is those are less people that they have to close out on. Like even Tyler lately right hasn't now. had like as much gravity as he used to. It's, it's really just people. Duncan. And, and I think Trevor's kind of getting to the point where defenses are really paying attention to him. Um. Which is and, and and Trevor's been good because Trevor will kind of get into the paint and stuff like that and Duncan too. Yeah, but it's the spacing. But they have no spacing right now on defense. They've changed a ton because earlier in the season they were a switch heavy team. And what did they do? They started incorporating some traps. They're like, let's get some turnovers. Let's create some easy offense. Let's trap, and it's worked. It worked. And then teams started to figure that out. And then they're like, okay, let's incorporate a little bit of drop. And yesterday, Spo went to two bigs. They played Bailizia and Bam together. They're like, let's drop Bam. Let's drop Bailizia. Let's play a little high low on offense. Let's have Bailizia going to the rim. For me, it's it's like you're not watching the games if you're just like Spo's doing the same shit because they're not. They're running completely. Well, everybody's different just watching actions. Bam switch onto a guard, and, and they think, oh, why is he switching off the big to the guard when? doesn't have to ensure there's cases where that is like true but like they don't have any perimeter defenders outside of him right now when they when Oladipo was playing when, yeah. when Oladipo was playing that's when their defense looked legit like like a top five uh, defensive team in the league they need if him back just for the defense if, alone they need him back in the playoffs I thought yesterday the drop wasn't good like I didn't like no, it didn't drop no it. I mean that's and the I, thing is like it's a it's a scheme that they haven't ran much this year and they look clunky at it because that's not what they run they run their zone they run a lot more zone up. And even the zone this year hasn't looked that great. It the might be just because of the personnel out, that's out there. I don't know. I think it doesn't work without Andre. Yeah. I think that when they run it with, I, I, that might, I would like to look at numbers, but to me, like just the eye test, I don't like it without Andre because they don't have a guy that I think. Can, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they ran a lot of Derek Jones last year and that seemed to work pretty well with him in the lineup. But Derek and Myers had like arms. Yeah. Right. And they don't have dudes with KZ, arms. but KZ doesn't look. He he looks so lost sometimes on defense, and and they don't run the same kind of zone that they did. Now they you know they don't have the the guards in the back, bigs in the front type thing. Yeah, now, they, now they, they, they run a little bit. Yeah. And look, I feel like in the playoffs, I'm sure Spo will get very creative and start doing some new things that we haven't seen this year. And that's something that coaches do. Like they try to look. They don't want to show everything on film right now and entering the playoffs. That's something that they like to save you know, as they enter certain matchups. So I'm sure if they play Boston again, there's certain things that they'll probably pull out that they did last year. And I'm sure there's new concepts that they could pull out too. They now, how good will they be executing them? That's the question. If they can't hit their shots from the perimeter, their offense is going to look bad no matter what they do. Okay, so I have, I have, a, couple, I have a couple things I want to get to before we go because we're, we're really running on time here. So um, Zach33 says, I think Bam is a ball handler and the pick and roll is something I want to explore more. I agree. That requires your cooperation from Bam. And now they've done, and again, 
credit to Spolstra. What they've done is they have Duncan come up and screen for Bam, and that is unstoppable. Yep. Because Duncan, that guy is stapled to him. So when Duncan screens and flares, and when they play in space, there's nothing you can do as a defense. Now, they've run sets where they have Duncan come screen for him, and Bam doesn't like the angles, and then waits for Duncan to curl back for a handoff. They have had possessions where somebody else said, uh, I'm trying to, yeah, Heat Expert says Bam ISO off the dribble is unstoppable and needs to be a bigger part of their offense. I agree, which is why the Heat have run sets to get Bam isolated. And then Bam goes out for a dribble handoff. So there's a push pull. I think Bam's been a little better since the Minnesota game at kind of looking for that, being more aggressive, kind of posting up, facing up, doing that stuff. But that is 100%. Eric Spolstra has tried to force that. And if you don't have buy-in from your guy because yeah. he's not confident enough, as a coach, there's nothing you can do. So I understand that maybe we don't like some of the stuff Spo's doing. I think some of the rotational things don't make a lot of sense sometimes. I get that. The Spotations, whatever. Dude, no, like, there's no excuses. You got to beat the fucking Bulls. And there's not much else this guy can do schematically. I think that he's getting, this is not a Spo problem. It's a, it's a, it's, they can't get to the rim yeah, and shoot problem. It's a personal problem. And and I'm sure they'd be better once some of these guys are hurt or back and healthy again. If they can even get back and healthy by the time the playoffs come. That's the thing. Zach <laughs> is saying that he runs Bam, Duncan, pick and pops in 2K and he won the finals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> let's say, you know, it's, uh, that's effective. I, I like that. <laughs> Remember, guys, Spo invented inverted offense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're preaching to the fucking choir. You're you're talking. You're telling the guy who invented that shit to start doing it. <laughs> We're having Mario Chalmers scream for LeBron to pick and roll, using guards to screen and horns, and then bigs off ping downs. Come on, fucking Spo invented that look, shit. You think he doesn't know? Look, Dwayne Wade's not walking through that door. He's not. Smith Smolnik said earlier that fucking Goran can't even walk through a door. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.